everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Braun Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Braun, doctor of physical therapy, certified personal trainer, and overall health and fitness fanatic. I started this podcast over two years ago to bring you the top health and fitness advice. And every week I interview new guests and new people to help bring all new insight and information your way. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Scott Dickinson from Next Level about neck pain and cervical spine problems and what his new Next Level device offers. Before we get to this episode, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by CTM Band and CTM Recovery Products. These are the exact soft tissue recovery tools that I'm using on myself and with my patients day in and day out. CTM Band was founded by Dr. Kyle Bowling, a sports medicine practitioner who treats professional athletes, and he was a former guest on the Braun Body Health and Fitness Podcast. You can check out his website at the link below and use the coupon code BRAWN10 to save 10% off your order from CTM Band. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you on today, man. Thank you for having me, Dan. This is a, this is a pleasure. For people who aren't familiar with you or your company, Next Level, and all the amazing things that you guys have been doing, would you mind kind of filling us in a little bit about your backstory and who you are? Yeah, so uh, my backstory, uh, I'm an athletic training student uh, at, a, at a pit. I did athletic training, graduated out of there in 2016, and then I went to University of Southern California for physical therapy school and graduated there in 2019. From there, I came back to the East Coast and did a residency at the University of Delaware in orthopedics, and I graduated uh, mid-pandemic in uh, June 2020, and uh, ever since then, I've been working in an outpatient clinic, XL Physical Therapy in Chalfont, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Philadelphia, and all the while, I've been working on this company, Next Level, which you referenced. And Next Level is based around an invention of mine, which is a neck rehab tool. Uh, as a physical therapist and even as a student coming up, I was sort of surprised by the available or lack thereof neck exercises that we have our patients do for neck rehab. They seemed embarrassing to patients, uncomfortable and perhaps ineffective. And I thought there was an opportunity to invent a product that you know, filled this gap And so far, so good. It's been on the market for about 11 months, and uh, I'm still treating 20 hours a week. Uh, I'm an orthopedic residency mentor, which I really enjoy. So I have my hands dipped in a couple different buckets within the PT world and the business world. And uh, similar to how we were just talking about before we started airing, you know, I've just learned so much in the process of one, going into the medical profession, but then two, jumping into the business world and, you know, trying to make a profit. So all that together has made for uh, uh, someone who's learned a lot in, in a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. You've got an incredible journey and so many amazing experiences, Scott. And I think you hit the nail on the head that, you know, when it comes to the neck, it is so essential that the muscles surrounding it are strong to help prevent so many different types of disorders like concussions, right? Neck strength is huge in relation to concussions, but we're very limited in our options for treating the neck and increasing neck strength and that sort of thing. 
you mentioned that next level is kind of your new invention and your attempt to kind of increase our intervention realm in the realm of uh, the neck and the cervical spine. So for people who haven't seen the product or your website or that sort of thing, would you mind just describing a little bit about it? Of course. Yeah, it's a, it's a low friction sliding platform where you can add resistance or take away resistance. So the, the user would lie down on their back or in prone and they would move their head in different directions. And this would apply resistance to the platform. And it's a really simple device. You know, I'm, I'm a simple guy. The thing just slides back and forth. Uh, but it's surprising how many exercises you can get out of that simple little tool. And then when you add different resistance levels, the option to take off all resistance and just work on range of motion, it's been really cool to see, um, you know, how all the clinicians across the country have been playing around with it. They'll send me videos and pictures and have you used it like this, et cetera. And then I get to toy around with it too in my clinical practice. So uh, it's very interesting. You know, it's been on the market for, like I said, only 11 months. And I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, it continues to, to grow with a, just such a simple tool, like how many different ways can you use this product? Definitely. That's incredible. And I love the use of the resistance bands for the resistance, because that's going to kind of match the force curve that our muscles naturally have, right? The more we contract, the stronger and stronger and stronger it gets, right? When we look at something like a bicep curl, our weakest point or the point we're not as strong is going to be the bottom part. So that uh, resistance band matches the natural force curvature that our muscles kind of have programmed within them. So I love that you're using the bands for it instead of just the weight plates, because we can add weight to anything, but that doesn't change in relation to how our body is meant to move and how our muscles are meant to work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I concur. And I, I always start to, <laughs> I always start with, you know, no resistance at all. And, you know, I, I think there's, there's something to be said too, for motor control in our setting. You know, if we're just talking about from a rehab point of view, uh, where there's pain involved, yes, like, I think it's good to perhaps add strength, but, you know, say I'm, you know, treating low back pain or, or neck pain for that matter. Am I really strengthening the muscles? Like, are they actually stronger pound for pound for what kind of force output they can do? I don't know. Not sure. Perhaps. But I think that the, the base level of that is improving their motor control, getting the muscles firing in the, in the right fashion in the cervical spine. I think a lot about the, the deep cervical stabilizers, like the deep neck flexors, the multifidi, et cetera. And so I like to think that the low resistance on the next level can activate those little guys and then set up the big guys to shine down the road. So that's how I think about it. Who knows if I'm right. Uh, that's a point that I feel very strongly about as well, is you look at most outpatient PT practices that see a patient one or two times a week for six to eight weeks on average. Is that really enough time to cause muscle hypertrophy to lead to strength gains? Personally, I don't think so. So I completely agree that there's something more to be said about the motor control model. And that ties into in a way, almost all physical therapy being related to neuro PT, right? We're doing a lot of neuro rewiring and hardware rewiring and not necessarily bulking up a muscle as you would in the gym. Now there's times when we would bulk something up, right? If I've got a patient who's post-op uh, ACL repair and you know we're two, three months out, yeah, I want them to get their quad strength back and their quad size back. So I completely agree with everything you were mentioning. 
when it comes to neck training in general, if someone has weakness in their neck or dysfunction of their postural stabilizers, what could that set them up for as far as like different diagnoses and conditions that can develop from weakness and some of this imbalance that we've talked about? Yeah. So I think of it as, you know, the deep small muscles in whatever way have stopped doing their job. Um, I, I like to, now that I, I started jujitsu a few months ago and I can feel this repeating in my own neck, like on a, on a weekly cycle, I'll undergo some sort of neck crank where, um, you know, they'll, they'll crank my neck around, forcing me to tap out submission and I'll have pain the next day, you know, perhaps a facet joint will be irritated. And what I feel is that my neck is instantly weaker, but did there, did there, was there actually any strength change in over in overnight? Of course not. There's something to do with the activation patterns, perhaps those deep stabilizers, which we know in, at least in low back pain, when there is an injury, those deep stabilizers aren't firing or working in the same manner. So that's why we think dead bugs and bird dogs are so helpful because they kick on those deep stabilizers and set up the rest of the spine to, to perform better. So I feel it on a weekly cycle. My neck gets weaker after a little injury, like a facet syndrome or something. I think that those little deep neck flexors have turned off. And then it's my job and our job as physical therapists to get those little guys working again. And that also is where manual therapy can come in, where we might do a click manipulation, activate those guys as well, start to train them with little exercises, and then slowly build out the program from there. So what kind of injuries can you expect from someone who starts to see these, you know, these patterns unfold? It's just, it turns into a chronic scenario, right? So if, if the deep stabilizers aren't effectively working for you, it's, it's a problem that's going to keep recurring. So if you're sitting at your desk for, you know, untold hours per day and every month or so you turn your neck and have a little spasm or something goes wrong, then it's, it's likely that, you know, you haven't built up the proper system within your, your neuromuscular chain to allow for, you know, the neck to function normally. And, and it just keeps getting set off. So that's why the patients get, can get frustrated when the, the problem keeps coming back is that perhaps the underlying issue hasn't been addressed. And I think for the cervical spine, a lot of that comes back to the musculature. I love your analogy of looking at the neck kind of similarly to how we look at the core, you know, the lumbar spine and the cervical spine are related in a lot of ways, right? Both of them tend to be areas where we see a decent amount of mobility, right? The thoracic spine tends to be our area that gets tight and stiff on people from postural dysfunction and thoracic problems end up leading to that classic forward head posture, the upper cross syndrome, all that sort of thing. So when we think about that, the cervical spine and the lumbar spine have some things in common and adding more stability tends to help, as you mentioned. So I love that comparison and love that analogy. And the thing is, there's so many different ways to do that, right? Say you start with something like your next level device, like you mentioned before, you could start unloaded, no resistance to that, and just get the patient to focus on feeling those muscles work again. You could probably pair that with biofeedback, right? You can take that blood pressure cuff that no one in the clinic ever uses, and you could put it under the neck and inflate it to a certain pressure and have the patient work on that deep cervical flexor activation, right? And have them hit different numbers or hold it at different numbers for different lengths of time. So I love that comparison and love the possibilities that 
you know, training the neck, kind of like the core opens up. And I also love that you hit on the fact that neck pain can become chronic and maybe it does have a diagnosis to it, right? Maybe it's something like cervicogenic headaches related to postural dysfunction, right? A lot of people don't understand that headaches can be traced back to your neck and your overall neck posture, neck musculature. And a lot of people, at least that I've talked to, they get headaches almost weekly. And they don't realize, you know, hey, I could actually do something about this. I could get this better. I could get this taken care of. But if it's not taken care of, it does become chronic. And we know that anyone in pain for months on end or years on end even, it, it sets them up for decreased quality of life because no one's happy when things hurt, let alone when they've hurt for years and years and years. And if it's been years and years since something has started to uh, become problematic, I'll say, it's probably going to be a lot harder to fix it than if you just went out and got it addressed early on. I, I concur. And, you know, what's um, I, I, the way you're talking about the neck and, and the lumbar spine being relatively mobile compared to the thoracic spine, it, it's just, uh, one, it's, it's beautifully put. And, you know, I like, I like to think about anatomy with a thoracic spine being surrounded by the rib cage, mm -hmm. there's a lot more bony blockage to motion. And so it's obviously it's natural that there's going to be less mobility in that area. And so rotation, flexion, extension, they're all very limited throughout the thorax. But then you look at the cervical spine and all that stuff is gone. They're, they're, the limitations are very minimal. It's just the, you know, the bony uh, limitations of the facet joint orientation. And then you look at C1, C2, and it is responsible for half of the cervical rotation. So there's so much motion coming out of the neck. And so you know, when I think back to some of my mentors, thoracic spine is like the golden region for improving neck mobility. And it's like, wait, what? Like the thoracic spine for neck mobility? It's like, yeah, yes. Mobilize the thoracic spine and you'll see improvements in cervical range of motion. Definitely improvements in, in, in neck pain. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a residency mentor. And that's the first thing. Like if, if there's one thing I can teach somebody that has been bestowed upon me is that if you're treating neck pain, you don't often have to use your hands on the cervical spine manipulations for the thoracic spine mobilizations mobility exercises for their the thoracic spine go a really long way in, in helping someone with neck pain and so that's easy for patients to do from home as well you know a simple foam roller or a, a chair with a back on it there's a lot you can do there and so thoracic spine super stiff and then like you like you said the cervical spine is so mobile so that requires a lot of responsibility for the musculature to stabilize. So, you know, all the emphasis in, in my brain is that, you know, we have to fix any like range of motion limitations, but a lot of times that comes from strengthening or activating the deep musculature and they'll see range of motion improvements within session just from exercise, like muscular activation exercise, and they'll see range of motion improvements. It, it's kind of counterintuitive but this is because there, there isn't any actual blockade to the system, right? This is a very mobile unit. It's just that the muscles aren't firing in the proper way, usually as a result of injury. Right, right. And if you are going to go manual for the cervical spine, this is an area that I personally value the muscle energy techniques a lot more because you can start to activate or inhibit some of those specific muscles that attach to the neck or the skull and play an important role in your overall motion of your head and neck, right? I think uh, sternocleidomastoid comes to mind for me first off, because 
you, you see some of these people walking around where the muscles just bulging out even. And that's one that we tend to see tightness in and tend to want to inhibit. Uh, and you can do the same thing with other muscles like the upper trap. You know, I know we talk about upper trap as a shoulder muscle, but people forget, as you mentioned, the anatomy. It originates on the external occipital protuberance, the I'll say like medial half of your superior nuchal line and your uh, ligamentum nuchae. So basically C1 to C7 spinous processes, the ligament off of it. Uh, and the fact that it connects the neck to the shoulder opens up that whole world of regional interdependence that we started to hit on just a second ago there, where everything th uh, thoracic, cervical, shoulder, it's all kind of connected in one way or another, as you mentioned, right? You improve stuff at the thoracic cage and all of a sudden the neck motion gets better. The neck pain gets better. And to some people that's baffling, right? Because if something hurts, they go right to the site of pain. But to other people, they realize like, hey, there's a lot of interconnections here. There's a lot of things going on. And if I just look at that one piece, I might be missing something else, right? Going back to your example with the thoracic cage, a lot of muscles from the neck are attached to your ribs and other areas in your thoracic spine and help you with breathing. And I forget the exact number right off. We mentioned this in a podcast with Dr. Brian Larish a few weeks ago. Um, a, a whole host of people struggle with proper breathing patterns and proper rib movement with breathing. So if people are struggling just to breathe correctly, and a lot of the muscles that help us with respiration attach to the neck, what do we think is going on? You know, there has to be some kind of connection there, and we have to be willing to explore that a little bit more. And I know that's not necessarily the type of thing that's covered in every physical therapy program or every AT program, but it's important to look bigger picture, right? Start 30,000 foot overview, and then start to narrow in on the specific site from there. For sure. For sure. The, um, I remember when I was, um, in PT school, I, I was still dealing with some neck pain and I, I was, um, getting familiar with the work of Dr. Deborah Fala. She's from the UK and she, she studies the deep neck flexors and she do, she does, she'll do a fine wire EMG and she's, um, she's out of the, uh, Gwendolyn Joel, lineage. And so she'll do a lot on muscular activation for the cervical spine. She'll treat neck pain almost exclusively with attaining to attending to the deep neck flexors. And so I just started to see how little I could do to help my neck pain. And I would, um, I would lie down and just do chin tucks with my head up on a little towel, clear a little bit of space for my neck. And I would start to think about how, how I could um, feel the deep neck flexors working or not working. And I, I noticed that it really depended on the position of my thorax, right? So if I was lying on my back supine with my legs flat, I could not feel the same level of activation. I couldn't feel that little burn deep behind my throat as if I was in like a dead bug position or what I ended up doing was just putting my feet up on my bed and lying on the floor for in some way, aligning the thoracic spine, putting the spine in neutral in general really helped me to activate my cervical spine, the deep neck flexors. And so I've kind of taken that in, into consideration as I do exercises on, on the next level where it's, it's far better for muscle activation in the cervical spine to get a posterior pelvic tilt in the lumbar spine, get the rib cage unflared, right? So if you think of flared as the ribs up and you can see the, the ribs dissociating from where the stomach begins, if you can flatten all that out, 
the activation in your neck goes out of the roof for me. It's amazing. And so it, it like you said, there's a, there's a lot of regional inter interdependence. There's a lot of muscles that go between the neck and the, and the thorax. And um, there's, yeah, I, I just love to feel it all because there is a different feel to it depending on the position of your, of your spine. And I love that you're willing to play around with the positions to find what works best, right? Because I feel like a lot of people just give exercises without ever trying them themselves. And you find these little tweaks, like you mentioned, that allow you to feel it more and feel what you want more. And to me, that's a true master, right? Not someone who can just give things out, but someone who actually understands the underlying principles and the knowledge and how to modify it in order to fit the person in front of you. Because like we mentioned before, a lot of this is neuro. A lot of it is mind-muscle connection related. So if your goal is to get someone to feel it in a certain muscle group, and they don't, then are you really doing what you intended, right? Uh, so that's part one. And part two, I love that you're able to kind of adjust in these different positions in order to open up new realms of training, right? So you mentioned that you'd like to go into that flat thoracic spine, posterior tilt, dead bug type position there. Well, why not chin tuck and then go to a dead bug? and hit that cervical component and the lumbar component at the same time, right? Two birds with one stone. A lot of patients, if they've been in pain for a long time, and it's neck pain or lower back pain or whatever, a lot of patients have more than one thing going on, at least from what I've seen in my own experience, right? You know, their lower back hurts, but their neck hurts too. And maybe the script only says lower back pain, but if you're going to give them dead bugs for lower back pain and they're complaining about their neck, why not just make them do a chin tuck in that position too, right? You're still achieving your overall goal of treating lower back pain, but you're going a step further, a step beyond, and you're now helping the patient with their neck pain as well. A lot of other diagnoses come to mind outside of the postural world and the regional interdependence too, uh, for the, uh, I'll say use of a variable resistance neck training device and I, I mentioned before concussions, neck strength and neck stability is one of the key factors to help us prevent or reduce the severity of concussions, right? So if we look at athletes like football players, I believe you've actually just worked with a football team recently, if I remember correctly, um, strengthening those neck muscles and making sure that they have good control of their head and neck in all positions is important and might help them prevent that serious injury that we're seeing too much about in the news and, you know, the movie and all that sort of thing. Um, so would you mind sharing a little bit about your work that you've done with football players and all that sort of thing recently? Yeah, of course. Um, it's been pretty remarkable. I've been, I've been very lucky. And um, a lot of this leads back to um, athletic training and the connections I had just coming through as an undergrad student. Uh, but I've been put in touch and now working with a couple NFL teams, a couple high level collegiate teams, and then like a few individual NFL players. Uh, that's, and that's just for football. Um, so what's been really interesting to me is um, when I was putting the next level into some NFL athletic training rooms, I thought they were going to ask for more resistance. Like I, it was, you know, as TheraBand, yellow through blue, yellow, red, green, blue. We're all familiar with that resistance level. And these behemoths I thought would power right through blue right out of the jump. 
but what was really interesting was, um, you know, they had the device. I let them trial it for a month to see what they thought and see if it was something they'd want to implement for their season. And this was going into uh, the prior season, 2021, 2022 season. And so, uh, I've since recapped with, with several of the teams and, and they use it after neck injury, after stingers, after concussions, but they're only going through yellow and red resistance level. And I was really surprised by this. I was like, well, well, why? And they're like, well, we're not trying to turn on everything. We're just trying to get those little deep muscles. So you know, it's the same kind of logic I was trying to get at before where they're, they're just trying to get the small muscles and they, they know that they can overdo it if they increase the resistance. And yes, these guys could probably power through blue, no problem. And then I have black and gray, which are, you know, additional bands that you can get. But um, so I've learned from NFL teams that they're not specifically interested in, you know, maximal neck strengthening and uh, max training. Like, sure, they might have other devices in the weight training room for strength and conditioning, but in their rehab process, they're looking for light and simple, and they're looking for something that's gentle and perhaps a little more pain-free than other options in the past. So that's been interesting to see. Um, and then some, you know, I, I've worked with uh, an NFL player who had a history of stingers. And so we started to, you know, same story. We started to work on the deep stabilizers of the neck with the next level. And we were just texting the other day. He actually referred me to another uh, tight end on his team. And um, so we're, we're, you know, they, they've just found results from doing the obvious stuff, training the small muscles within the neck, but it's stuff that they hadn't been doing before because, you know, the, the, this player, is a, he's a large guy. And he said that, you know, they had been doing the, the neck with weight where there's like, a, there's actually like a, uh, a machine where you're pushing into it and you can load up 45, 90 pounds, no problem. And he says, it, it doesn't feel right. You're just blowing past everything that, um, that you want to hit. And so sure, the muscle is going to get stronger, perhaps isometrically in that manner, but are we missing the little muscles that we're going for? That's the thought process. And it, it seems like it's been working for him. Again, that's a small case study. Um, but, you know, additionally, we're looking with, we're working with the, uh, the university of Delaware, they're looking at the next level as a way to strengthen the neck in a, for concussion reduction in their, in their uh, female collegiate soccer players. So that's ongoing now. We're, we're just testing to see, one, can the next level improve neck strength with the eight-week training program? And then the plan after that will, to, will be to look at head acceleration forces. Do they change after next level usage? And then, you know, the, the step after that is like looking at, you know, in use scenario, like, does it reduce the risk of concussion? So all that stuff takes a long time and I can't say anything about it yet. Right, right. But that's exciting stuff. And it's exciting that you're looking into the athletic realm. Uh, you, you mentioned too soccer. I didn't even think about mentioning soccer before. Like to me, when I think concussion, I think football automatically, but you're right. There's so many other sports like soccer, uh, out there that, you know, these athletes get concussions and then, you know, maybe they're lucky and they, you know, return and recover quickly, but I've seen concussions take, you know, a month or even longer to get someone back to normalcy. And that month or so can look very different for people, depending on your current state, uh, you know, at time of injury and all these other factors that we've discussed. So really putting the hammer down and getting this right from the start so we can hopefully reduce this like you said studies are currently ongoing but it sounds like things are a little bit promising so far and i i think too that the clientele that you're working with also speaks a little bit to the 
uh, level that we're talking about here, pun intended with next level, you know, you're, you're working with like tight ends on the Chicago bears and other NFL teams. It's kind of hard to, you know, beat that clientele as far as the level that you're working with. Uh, so I like to say if they're using it, it probably works. Um, you know, I don't see professional sports teams shelling out money uh, for things that don't work too often. <laughs> well, yeah, well, thank you for the, for the compliment. <laughs> uh, I've, I've learned so much about, you know, different little sports where you wouldn't necessarily think neck training is important or neck rehab is important. But it becomes brutally apparent when once you talk to some of the athletes, for example, um, you know, Formula One, Formula One racing, where these guys are you know, whipping around in their high performance cars, the highest performing cars on the world, Formula One cars are. And so they're seeing like four or five G's when their head whips around a turn. And so, you know, the isometric strength of their neck is crucial. And so I had, you know, one of the shining moments in my life now is getting to meet with one of the Formula One drivers last year during the, the Coda race, the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. And uh, he got a couple next levels. And, you know, it, it's just been amazing. Uh, so Formula One has taken to it. And then um, professional bull riding, the PBR. Really? That's yeah, awesome. That's been cool. That's incredible. So, you know, the, the bull riders... You, you obviously it, it kind of makes sense from here now uh, they, they start with a, a real chin tuck and as long as the the bull rider can keep the chin tuck the likelihood that they're going to stay on for their eight or nine seconds whatever it is the cutoff is much higher they've noticed that as soon as they lose lose the chin tuck their head goes back they lost it then they're going to be off within a second or two so in some way keeping your head down perhaps looking at the bull keeping the spine aligned keeping the core strong whatever it is that keeps them on the bull for much longer interesting um so and then uh, this one's kind of obvious but you know grapplers mma ufc fighters they've loved it and they love it specifically in prone which is really interesting to me. Uh, but now since doing jujitsu, it makes a lot more sense. There's a weight bearing component to their sport through their head. So they're going to be posting on their head. They're going to be putting their head on the mat and then using their hands uh, up off the mat and manipulating their opponent in some way. So having their neck as a, another extremity is very useful. And so of course, working the neck musculature in that crowd is, is quite, quite obvious. And then recently I had a conversation with a, uh, a NASCAR trainer, an IndyCar trainer. So NASCAR is uh, different than F1 in that NASCAR, they're just whipping around a, a loop for a couple hours. So the demands on the neck are different than in Formula One. It, it's not something where the neck will fatigue out, where, where you'll hear, um, like, I think it was uh, Kevin Magnuson this year on, on, uh, on Haas when he came back from it to start in formula one again his first or second race back he, he commented after the after the race how tired his neck was he said he fatigued out which is a real, a real problem obviously but then in nascar uh, this trainer said it's really not happening it, that's not an issue but he wanted the next level and i was like well, well what makes this something you're interested in he said all concussion prevention because no matter what if you're in nascar racing indy car racing you're going to experience concussions he was a driver himself, and that's why he had to retire. So he looks at it as like anything you can do to improve neck performance is going to mitigate the concussion magnitude when it does happen. Like how much can you slow down your head when you are in a, in a collision? So it's just been really interesting how many different places people find value in neck strengthening. And uh, 
it kind of speaks to this general interest in improving neck strength that has been kind of upswelling and I think in our kind of athletic culture in the US. Exactly. And, you know, the other implications are pretty endless, too. You mentioned a bunch of different sport populations. I was also thinking back to some of the patients I treated in the past who are horse jockeys, right? If you're stuck on a horse in that position for a long period of time, I would imagine that your next stability plays a pretty key role in that. And I also think back to uh, back in February, we published a podcast episode with Kelly Sturette. And Kelly just had this video. Uh, he went in one of the fighter jets, uh, kind of like they used in the new Top Gun movie. And he was amazed at how physically fit you have to be in order to fly one of these fighter jets because of the G-forces that you're undergoing, the speeds you're undergoing. And oh, by the way, you have to keep your neck and your body stable because otherwise you're whipping around all yeah. over the place, right? And I naturally, we don't want that. But you know, having worked, uh, I, one of the clinics I was at was literally like seven miles from one of the Air Force bases, having worked with some of those people in the past and seeing them come in with whiplash and other injuries like that. To me, that seems like a huge potential for your next level product. And, you know, for those listening, if you are in one of those patient populations, right? If you're someone who is in the uh, service, if you're someone who is doing one of these different sports or activities or really anything in life that demands a lot from your neck, go to your website's next level and you have a clinic uh, locator, I believe. You can literally find a place to go that has this device that we've been talking about. You're a good salesman, guy. Can I, can I, can I hire you? Uh, and- Make me an offer. I can't refuse, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what the good news is, um, you're right. The clinic locator is helpful if you are a patient and you, and you need to seek some care with a physical therapist that is using the next level. That's great to have at it. The other thing that's cool is um, in the next, hopefully a couple months, six months or so, we'll have a consumer model. So something that is you know, within the affordable price range for someone who has neck pain, wants to treat it from home, you know, perhaps doesn't have the time to go to a clinic and we'll be able to coach them up on the right exercises to do. And then, you know, like, like we said, start building from the ground up and rehabbing your neck from home. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, ever since I launched this thing, you know, there's a higher price point because, you know, we're working with pro sports teams and clinics that have the budget to do so. And it's a new product and that's kind of how the thing goes. Then the price can come down as your manufacturing improves and your processes become more efficient. But the whole time I've been getting like this chatter from consumers, like I can't buy it. It's too expensive. I want one, blah, 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 blah. And I feel bad. Like I, this is the audience that wants the device. These are the people who have that burning desire to use it. Yeah. The clinicians like, man, I would love to have one to treat my patients with it. But at the end of the day, they're not going home with neck pain. Like the person who has it, the consumer, the per- the patient, that's who wants the device. And I'm, I'm very excited to within the next couple of months, be able to offer them something. And I've been impressed by just, you know, getting to know a couple of professional athletes that you, be, you become quite impressed by their, by their daily habits. Um, you know, some, some guys like they'll, they'll say like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just use the next level whenever I'm bored now, or every <laughs> night when I'm stretching and you know, I'll just jump on the next level for a couple minutes. And it's like, man, like one, how great is it that as a professional athlete, you can just dedicate your time to helping your body in any way that you can, because that is the the motor that is driving the paycheck. So it's just, it's just remarkable that, you know, you can, 
someone has the amount of amount of focus, the desire to, to prevent injury, to rehab injury, and, you know, in their free time, use one of your inventions. It's, it's a pretty special feeling, but um, yeah, no, I mean, athletes are professional for a reason. They've, they've beaten out thousands of other competitors that wanted it perhaps just as bad as them. So props to them. For sure. And even applying it on the business sense, like you've said, you've kind of gotten into yourself, you know, you can't grow and formulate a business without a few late nights and early mornings and long hours. And if you're not sleeping as good and you're spending a lot of time, you know, in weird positions and postures and, you know, burning the candle at both ends of the stick, for lack of a better way to put it, you're probably going to want to have a tool by your side that can help you manage those issues that might arise. Because I would imagine you're probably a bit more productive if you're not in pain. Surely, surely. And again, man, I got to hire you. you. You just keep bringing it back to the reason that everyone needs a next level. This is, this is great. If you'd want to join the sales team, please uh, consider. Um, Scott, for people listening, where can they find out more about you and next level and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. That's where I'm uh, most active. And then all of our company handles are at Next Level, N-E-C-K-S-L-E-V-E-L. And as you said, Dan, nextlevel.com is the website and a consumer model is coming soon. So look out for that. Awesome, exciting stuff. Scott, really appreciate your time, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you like this episode, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and share this episode with a friend who you think would enjoy hearing it. Additionally, if you want to help support this podcast and keep future episodes going, please check out our links below where you can support us directly or through engaging in any of our affiliate marketing links. Last, please make sure you check us out on social media at Braun Body and leave a five-star review, especially if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify.